Hope Church Winter Garden Podcast for June the 12th, 2016. This episode is titled, The Big Move. Man, well, good morning. We are so glad that you guys have made it to our first ever YMCA service. I mean, we're glad you're here today. There's so many friends across the way that I've been able to meet or maybe I've coached your kids. And I'm just glad. I feel like I'm, I feel like we're at home already. And so we've been at the, we've been over at the West Orange High School for a little, a little around nine months. The, 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 the time flies. I don't even know how long we've been there for, but it's been roughly about nine months. And we've, we've loved it there. But, man, we've been here for so long helping and coaching out. Way before we started the church, we've been here helping and serving and hanging out. And, man, we've, we've become friends with so many people here at the YMCA. And we're just we're so glad and we're so um, excited that we get to be here with them today. I've got um, – there's leadership from the YMCA all across the way here today. People that work the front desk to directors of different YMCAs to assistant directors and – I'm glad all, all of them are here today. Can we give them a hand today for all their help, for their partnership? You know, when I, when I went to the YMCA, they said, man, we would love, we would, I don't know if they use the word love. I just, I kind of throw that around sometimes. But like, man, we, we want you to come over. That would that'd be great. And it was like a shot in the dark. And God just worked it all out. And so we're just glad we're here. We're glad to be connected to them. And, and uh, I've got some friends here today. One of the kids I coached um, when we first started here was, was a little guy by the name of Will. And Will, I coached him at soccer two seasons. And I've been, honestly, it's no secret. I'm pretty transparent. They know this. But I've been one of his parents to come visit our church since the first time I coached him. And, uh, and they're here today. I'm so excited that my friends here are, are here today. And then they said to me, hey, you need to coach our son in basketball. And I said, now here's the deal. Soccer, I don't play soccer. I'm not a soccer player. Anyone can coach three- and four-year-old soccer. Anybody that has an idea, all you do is get the ball going in the same direction, you know. That's all you got to do. It's not that hard. And um, so they said, you need to coach my, my son. And the husband said that to me, Zach. And I was like, ah, cool, man, no big deal. But his wife, she is a sales lady. And she's like, no, you need to, you're, you're going to coach. She's like, you're going to coach. You need to coach. I'll break your arm if you don't coach. And she, like, worked me over. I'll, 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 I'll assistant coach for you. And she's a basketball player. So I'm like, man, they broke my arm. So I said, hey, I'm going to make a deal with you. I'll coach your son for eight weeks, give or take a few weeks, if you'll come to church one time with me. And so they're here today, and I'm just glad. They're, they're my friends, and we, yeah, we love them, yeah. And all the way from sunny California, my aunt's here today. My aunt's here from California. And um, we, if, you're, if, you're, if you're new and you're trying to catch on, we believe in honor here at this church. And so you're like, man, every time we have a service, you spend five or ten minutes honoring people. It just makes sense for us to honor people. Jesus, Jesus is an honorable man, and we're supposed, to, we're supposed to be like him, so we want to honor all those people. We have our, one of our overseers is here today, my father-in-law, my friend Heather's here today. It's her birthday. I mean, we're just glad all of you guys are here today. I said this last week, and I think I should probably say it every week. Church really is just an excuse for us to have more friends. That's all it really is. You know, we just want to do life with you guys. We want to hang out. We're not into the, the church. We're not into doing all these things that are religious. We're into hanging out with people and doing life with people around the name of Jesus. And so, so that's kind of like why we're here in case you're wondering, you're like, are you denominational? We tell people every week we're a Jesus church. And so we just want to hang out with people and talk about Jesus and have fun along the way. Tonight, when we get out of church, you'll go home and take your little nap. And then we'll be back here tonight on the field. We have a triple splash water slide coming. We have hot dogs coming, chips and drinks. And, you know, we just go over the top a lot of times. So we, all, we have a, our own Kona truck coming tonight. 
I mean, who does that? I don't know, but we do. And so we'll have a triple splash. We'll have Cone out there. It'll be all right there on the back of this property, and we'll be playing uh, kickball. And uh, you're going to find out uh, what kind of Christian I really am. Uh, <clears throat> anything sports-wise, I pretty much forget that I'm a Christian. You know, I'm just like aggressive. You're like, oh, crud. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm going to behave tonight. As long as it's on a basketball court, I'm fine. And um, so, hey, true. Man, uh, we want you to know a couple things. All that is just to say we're glad you guys are here today. We want you to know if you're new today, we love you and we like you. We love you and we like you. We also want you to know you're wanted here and you're welcomed here. And I was at the barber shop yesterday, and my barber comes here. Um, he comes to church here. He came early today and greeted at the front door. He's, he's not even a member of the church. He's like, I'm just going to come and greet at your church. And I was talking to this lady that cuts hair with him in there, and I said, man, you can come here and just be you. And uh, we're not trying to change anybody here. We're not into behavior modification. We can't do that. We're into introducing people to Jesus and hanging out. And so that's kind of our big, big deal here today. And um, I have another friend. She'll be here next week. She's she's. She's moving here. Um, she lived here a while, and she's from Shanghai. She, she opened up the Disney in Shanghai, and she'll be back here next week or when she gets back from Europe again. But we're just glad you guys are here today. Can you help me preach my sermon today? We're gonna, the title of my sermon today is called The Big Move. The Big Move. Can you tell the person to your left or to your right, you, you both have about 10 seconds apiece. Can you tell them about the worst move you ever made? Like physically moving like your house. If you've ever, how many of you guys have ever moved a house at least once? Tell, them, tell the person next to you the worst move you've ever made. Just go ahead and tell them now. Just start now. You, like, you can talk in this church. You just say, the worst move I ever made. Tell them how long it was. Tell them why it stunk. <clears throat> All right, hopefully you got your chance. I want to talk to you today about the biggest move ever made in the course of history. I want to talk to you today about the, the biggest move ever made in the course of history, of all of history. Like, how do you know what it is? I do, and I'll tell you about it in just a moment. But the biggest move ever made, I love that some of you guys, some of you guys, I just put you guys in a painful place by having you share the worst move that you ever made. Um, Debbie and Randy are, are my friends, and, and they're uh, a big part of who we are and, and what we do here at the church. And they, um, their move to this area was one of the biggest move. And uh, I love listening to the story. Um, I remember I've heard both sides of the story. Both of them are both extreme, I think. I'm not sure which one's accurate, so I kind of just choose down the middle. But I remember Debbie saying to me, you know, Randy moved us here, and we packed our truck up, and we moved from Indiana. She left both of her kids there and all of her grandkids. And if you're a grandma, you know that's, like, heartbreaking, you know, so she moved, they moved all the way to here to, to start this business and, and to get up off the ground. And, and uh, she goes, I moved here. And before we left to move here, Randy, she, Debbie says, Randy sold my car. <laughs> so I started processing. It's a long ride in Indiana, from Indiana to, or, to Florida when you realize you don't have a vehicle. You're trying to figure out how you're going to get around places, right? It kind of makes sense. And so she got here. It took them a while to get their vehicle. Or maybe you have a really crazy story. Maybe yours is like, hey, I moved my company. I, maybe some of you guys can relate this. You had a company that was going to move you. You ever been a part of that? We're going to move. We're going to take care of all your expenses. And their expenses didn't really add up to all expenses that, you're, that they really happened, you know? Or we're going to take care of all your expenses. And then what they really meant was we're going to give you 200 bucks for gas. <laughs> you're like, what about the truck? What about the people that helped me? What about the pizza? Because I got church people to come help me and I bribed them with pizza. Like, how, what about them? And they didn't give you all that they said they were going to give you. And so that's the big move. And also, I, when you think about the word move, the word move is like a very, very positive word. When you, when you came in here today, hopefully the wind was, 
moving. And you, and you, you felt the wind. When you woke up this morning, I, I, I like waking up this morning. We set up last night. I like, I like coming in this morning because I got an, an extra hour of sleep last, last night or, or this morning. And so when I got here today, I realized from the time we started this church nine months ago, even from the time we get out of here today, the sun is going gonna, it's, it's to move. If you go to the beach today afterwards, I hope you don't go because I want to get you to go the triple splash with me. And um, if you've ever gone to the beach before, you see that the, the water, the, 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 tide, the tide moves. It, it moves in and out. And the Bible tells us this, that God actually moves the tide in and out. Whenever it stops, God stops it right there where he wants. The birds moves, animal moves, you move. Hopefully, if you have a good car, your car moves. You know, we have, moving is such a positive, positive word, but it can also be Maybe a negative word. You're like, man, I didn't want to move. I wasn't playing on this move. I hated this move. But I'm here anyways. I don't even know why I'm here. And maybe you get to the place in your life where maybe you, all the moves that you're going, maybe you've come to a complete stop. Maybe you're just at a, at a holding pattern. You, you, have you ever flown before? Isn't that the worst? We have you in a holding pattern. Who wants to be in a holding pattern? I mean, I'm paying you to fly me there and to land the thing there. Or maybe you've been on the tarmac before and you've sat there. I don't know what the longest amount of time ever in a tarmac is, but I've developed claustrophobic, claustrophobia a little bit. It's, the, it's, it's not so much the spaces, but it's the idea that I know I can't get out and go anywhere. And so what happens if, you have claustroph- if you're claustrophobic, things get smaller, smaller, and smaller. I remember being on a roller coaster with my mom one time and I, and I, I was one of, one of those little things where I was close like this. My mom's here. She's here every week. And um, she's my biggest cheerleader. And that's why she's here, because she knows I need a lot of affirmation. Anyways, um, but I remember being in this, uh, I'm kidding, kind of. Okay, I'm not kidding. Um, I remember being in this roller coaster, and I said, Mom, I think, it, I think i got to get out of this roller coaster, Mom. I mean, what guy says, hey, Mom, i got to get out of the roller coaster. What a pansy, right? And I'm like, well, I can't really move my hands that much, which is why, why I'm talking to you. They're stuck like this. I'm trying to get you in the right. And I'm like, so I'm like, she's like, yeah, it's a, she's playing it cool, but I could tell. I was getting a little bit older. It's probably 23-ish. I'm just kidding. I was young. I was like, I, Mama, this is a little bit tiny here. And I, I was like, hey, hey. And no one was coming. And I reached my, like this. I mean, I was in there tight. I was like, hey. And so you could see just imagine this little hand. Hey, hey. And the guy came out. And I remember being so embarrassed about having to get out of the ride. All your friends are there. People, the whole, everyone that's in the rides waiting to get onto the ride. And you've slowed it down. So maybe you're in a holding pattern. Maybe you're just stopped and you're trying to figure out life. And I want to address that today if I can. Maybe you're in the hearing like, man, I just, things aren't making sense. Things aren't going the way that I thought they would be going. He's not as nice as he used to be. <laughs> she didn't, doesn't do as much as she used to do. Or maybe the job isn't as good as I thought it was going to go. Or maybe I'm in a position where I can't even get the next job. And I'm begging and I'm begging. And things just aren't making sense. There's a way to make it all make sense, and I want to kind of unpack that for us today. But the big move, if you have a Bible today, cool. If you don't, it's okay, because we're going to put it on these huge screens that we have for you today. Mark chapter 1. There's one of my favorite, 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 favorite verses um, in all the Bible in this text that I'm going to read to you today. I'm going to read the whole thing for you, and I'm going to back up and read one verse to you. But if you have a Bible, Mark chapter 1. And um, if, if you don't have a Bible when you leave today, we, we give out Bibles here. Just go to anyone in that lobby and say, can I get a Bible? They'll give you one. We, we want you to have one. Uh, we don't believe that we have all the, this church isn't one of those churches where you're like, oh, the pastor holds all the answers. If you've ever been to that church, 
This isn't, this, if you're looking for that church, this isn't a good church for you. We don't, I don't hold all the answers. If you hang out with me long enough to know, you probably realize you have more answers than I do. <laughs> and so we love, we believe this Bible does. We believe our God does. And so you, um, if you, ha- you want to grab one, you can grab one. There's an, there's an app you can download. It's called YouVersion. And you can put in any topic in YouVersion, and it'll come up. If you, you want to put in being a better wife. My wife doesn't have to put that in there because she's virtually perfect. Virtually. And, um, but you can put in there, better wife, or you're like, I'm struggling with depression or anxiety. You can put that into this Bible. It'll give you verses around the thing that you're struggling with. And so whatever you're looking for, you can find it in the YouVersion app, but it's God's Word. We use a New Living Translation today. So if you want to download that translation, you can. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. The Bible says this. A man with leprosy came, and he knelt in front of Jesus. And he was begging to be healed. And I don't have to paint the picture for you deeply. This guy's got a skin disease. It's, 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 it's basically terminal. Because when you have no body left, you have nothing to hold everything inside there. So his skin is falling off of his body. He has leprosy and there's no, there's no cure. And if you have leprosy or if you're desperate, you try as much as you can to get help from anywhere you can. So this guy has tried witchcraft. This guy has tried sorcery. This guy has tried to make sure the moon is lined up. This guy has gotten pools that he thought Jesus has gotten. This guy has tried everything possible to get rid of this skin disease, and he cannot get rid of it. And his last option was Jesus. His last option is Jesus. For some people, their first option is Jesus. But for some people, the last option is Jesus, and that's okay. Because typically what I found is you try everything you can in life, whether it's relationships or drugs or alcohol or, or sex, you can try everything you can and you get to the very end you're like, man, I've got to try Jesus because I've heard, I've got some friends, they've tried Jesus and it worked for him and so maybe it's your last resort. Well, this is this guy's last resort. You know, we set this church up, I mean, for some of you guys here today, you, you're trying church out maybe for the last time or for the first time in 16 years or 15 years or 20 years. And it's your last option. And I, I want you to know that if, whether Jesus is your first option or your last option, it doesn't matter because the, what matters is that you get to him. What matters is that you get to him. This guy finally tracked down Jesus. Celebrity. I mean, this guy is a big deal. And he finally made it to Jesus. And he says to him, if you're willing, you can heal me and you can make me clean, he said. How did he know that the guy, how did he know Jesus could heal him? The reason why he knew Jesus could heal him because this guy has heard stories about this guy named Jesus healing other people with the same exact disease. Word of mouth. That's simple. The best advertising, if you're in advertising, is word of mouth. Jesus had, Jesus was viral. Jesus was viral before there was YouTube, before there was Instagram or Facebook. He was viral. Everyone knew about him. He said, if I could just get to Jesus, I'm just, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Verse 41, the Bible says this, that Jesus was moved with compassion. Jesus reached out and he touched the man. And Jesus says, oh, I'm willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. And so he says, hey, you're healed. You're good to go. You can leave now. We'll see you next Sunday. We're good to go. But Jesus gives him a little bit of warning. And uh, you know this, uh, if you're in here today, maybe you live life like this, but rules are all meant to be broken. Some of you guys said follow. Rules are meant to be broken. And so you're like, oh, I mean, that's pretty, that's a stretch, Wes. I know, I know it's a stretch, but it seems like sometimes we have rules. You know, like I had a friend that was with the other day, and he said, um, he said my brother-in-law, he said, uh, 
he says, when I was in middle school, there was this little button. And there was no sign around it. And I was in middle school, so I thought, that button is meant to be pushed. He said, I, would, I, would pu- he goes, I, pu- I pushed that button probably 20 times in sixth grade. 20 times in seventh grade. 20 times. I would just push the button and just keep on going. He goes, I got to high school, and I saw one of my middle school professors. And I said to him, uh, one, of my, one of my middle school teachers, and I said, hey, do you remember at the old school that when, when I was in elementary? He goes, I pushed that button 20 times a year. I said, do, he goes, did you know what that was? Because there was no sign around it. And before my brother-in-law finished the story, he said, you know, they don't put a sign around that because if it says don't push, middle school kids are going to push. It makes sense. When I tell my kids at the pool this week on vacation, hey, don't run, they're like, deuces. And they're running. They don't care. My kids are running away from me. I'm like, I'm t- or if I say, trip, can you, trip, come here, buddy. He's walking away from me. I'm following him. I get to the door. I was like, did you hear me call me? He's like, yeah, but mom told me to go put my shoes on. I'm like, when I tell you to stop, you're going to stop, you know? Talking through my teeth. You know it's bad when your parents talk through your, through your teeth. That means that what they're saying is, I'm going to kill you. But if I grit my teeth like this, I may not kill you. <laughs> and so I chase them. And so he, there's a, my brother-in-law says, what was it? He goes, every time you push that button, it called the fire department. Every single time. It would call and wouldn't send them there, obviously, because they would have noticed that. But how are you going to get three or 400 element, middle school kids to fess up to pushing the button? You just, you can't. If there was a warning around there, it would be broken. So Jesus says, hey, let me give you one thing. Don't tell anyone about this. Which is weird, right? Like, you're, you're tracking with me on the story. Like, if someone came up to you and said, hey, I want to give you, I want to give you, don't tell anybody, but I want to give you a million dollars. You'd say, thank you. But here, I don't want you to tell anybody. You're going to eventually tell somebody. Because you've got a million dollars, and you've never had a million dollars before. And maybe you have. I haven't. But I'd be like, you know, i got a million bucks. You would go and tell people. And so this guy did exactly this. He says, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, I want you to go to the priest and let him examine you. And take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. He said, don't go tell a bunch of people. Go to the priest. Why did he want him to go to the priest? I think sometimes in the Bible we can make assumptions. And if they line up with God's word, they're, sometimes they're, they're good assumptions, but sometimes they're bad assumptions. But I think one of my assumptions that I made around this text, reading the scriptures, I think that he wanted to go to the priest because the priest had been praying for him. The guy's been praying for me. And eventually they said, maybe the prayer was like, God, could you heal my body? God, can you heal my body? Eventually they quit praying that God would heal the body. Maybe he's like, maybe, he's like, all right, maybe his prayer turned to, hey, God, um, can you just maybe find a way to connect the man with leprosy? Like, he doesn't even get a name in the Bible. He's nameless. He's like, maybe you could just, if you could, God, could you just let this guy run into Jesus? Can you let, old leprosy boy run into Jesus? Can you let the guy with issues run, can you let him run into Jesus? Maybe, maybe, I don't know how long he had leprosy for. I don't know that. Maybe, maybe the priest prayed for him when he was a little boy. And maybe the prayer sounded like this. God, please help little leprosy boy when he goes to school, people not to make fun of him. Or, God, maybe when he, the, the little leprosy boy, why am I calling him little leprosy boy? Is that rude? I don't know. But he's got leprosy. And so that's how they name him in the Bible. I'm just doing what the Bible says. So he's saying, hey, can you just, can you, can you give him some peace? Because he's really struggling. He's really having a hard time. I'm sure they tried. Have you ever tried every prayer? <laughs> like, all that you got, you're like, God, I can't pray this any other way. I'm asking you to show up. And that's how you talk to him at the very end. You're like, yo, bro, I've asked you a thousand times. Are you going to show up or not? And so their prayer has gone to, okay, cool, to maybe it's now to desperation. God, you've got to show up. 
And I'd like to think that God said, hey, go tell the priest because your prayers have been answered. Your prayers have been answered. I want you to know this tonight. Last night we came here with a team of about 20, 30 people. And uh, we set this place up. And you can tell this, if you've ever been here before, this is a gymnasium. And we put time and effort and money into making this a place where people could come here about Jesus. That's it. Scott walked in here today, and he works at the YMCA's in, in our area, and he's in charge of raising money and, and spending money and making this place a better place. And I said, man, wouldn't this be cool if you guys had YMCA meetings here instead of renting out these, all these different locations? Because you have this auditorium, essentially, now. You guys could have, you could set tables up here, and you could bring people in here, and then let them know that whenever they put money into this place, it's given to give kids an opportunity to, to, for a different life. I said, isn't it cool that this is a, this is a seven-day-a-week operation? Because the YMC, as you know now, it's closed. And some of you guys came because you want to be the first one on the treadmill. So you're like, I'm going to come early. I'll go to church. I'll just stay afterward. They won't kick me out. They're Christians. They, they can't be mean to us, you know? And so you're like, I'll just go get a, a lift in. I said, wouldn't that be cool, Scott? And he was just here checking the place out. I'm not even sure why he was here, but he was checking things out and looking around. We were putting that banner up there. And with that big old banner, there's a 24-foot banner that says, Welcome Home. Because we want people to know, man, this is a place where it can be safe and this could be a safe home for them. I said, wouldn't that be cool if we turn this place? This place is operational seven days a week now. And people can come have their life. They can come get their body in shape throughout the day, but they can have their life changed on Sunday morning. I said, isn't that something? He was just like nodding his head. He's like, I'm going golfing tomorrow, so I don't really know. And I'm just kidding. But isn't it something how God can use a place like this that's, that's used for basketball and Soccer, and I'm going to be chasing around nine little three- and four-year-old soccer basketball players right here on court one. I think I'm on 1B this Tuesday. I missed the first practice already, but I'm going to be chasing these little kids around. But life change can happen in this place. And God knew that a long time ago. And so in this story here, there, let me backtrack. He says, don't tell anyone. Instead, go to the priest and let them examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Verse 45, but the man went and he spread the word. Oh, blabbermouth. Oh, leprosy boy turned to blabbermouth. Oh, big mouth. Oh, big mouth. That's what I got called my whole entire life. Ask my parents. They're both here. They'll tell you. I got in trouble. My mouth got me in trouble all the time. But now I'm using it for God's glory. You know what I'm saying? I got in trouble all of the time. I got suspended so many times in middle school. Um, that you, the school I went to is a Christian school. You only got three suspensions. But there was uh, there's six of us, and five of us went there. So I, once you run over suspensions, apparently, they let you borrow from your other siblings. And so like, I, was like, I was like, I owed them. I owed them. Like, I should have been kicked out. But they're like, man, we're, they're paying for four kids to go to Christian school. We can't lose them all. You know? And so they just let me stay there. They're like, we're just going to give him one of Britney's and one of Brooks, and it, we'll make it work. And so he says here in this scripture, the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what he had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere because he got swarmed. Everyone around, I was talking to a lady yesterday at the restaurant, uh, Nicole Comer, and she goes to our church, and she's, she's, she's commuting back and forth. She's in Nashville, and she says, in, in Nashville, she says, it's nothing for someone in, in the little bars down there in downtown Nashville. It's nothing for a Taylor Swift to walk in or a, a country singer anyone to just jump up on a, on a, on a, at a restaurant and pick up a guitar and start singing and playing. She said, that's normal there. Cause there's, there's dozens. He goes, and more so than that, she goes, she goes, I was walking by a bar the other day and goes, I thought I heard Jason Aldean in there. And you're like, man, this guy knows country. 
I'm half white, half black. So I know a little bit about country, you know what I'm saying? So he says, this country. She goes, I thought I was listening to Jason Aldean. I walked in, I was a Jason Aldean. The guy sounded just like him. Their talent is rampant in Nashville. And she says, I, I thought I heard him, but I, I walked in there. But these guys are famous. But Jesus couldn't walk anywhere because people wanted to get close to him. Do you think the leprosy people, the people that had leprosy, do you think they heard the story? Absolutely. The lady that had the issue of blood in the Bible records the lady that she was bleeding for 12 years. Do you think that she was telling people about Jesus? Absolutely she was. Do you think the person that God restored their health or the head of the lady was a lady in the Bible or she had, a, she had a migraine that wouldn't go away. I don't know how long she had it for, but don't you think she was, after the migraine was gone, don't you think she was telling everyone, hey, my life, my life was changed? Not just physically, but my life was changed spiritually. The, the hole in my heart that's there, I, I couldn't figure out why it was there. Uh, it's gone now. The, 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 the hole that, you know, the, the thing where I was like, I was chasing everything. There was a lady in, in the story, in the Bible, she had five husbands. And the guy that she was currently with wasn't one of her husbands. She was chasing affirmation, affirmation from men. And God one day said, hey, no more. I, I'm going to affirm you once and for all. And it's, your affirmation is going to come from Jesus. And it changed. Like, don't you think she was telling people about it. Don't you think Jarius, who wasn't a believer, he wasn't a follower of Jesus, but his little daughter was sick and she actually died. And don't you think that he was going to tell people, hey, I don't believe in Jesus or I didn't believe in Jesus, but guess what? I do now because he changed my little kids, saved my kid's life. Old, old Lazarus, when they healed, when they raised him from the dead, John eleven thirty five, 35, the Bible, shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. He was crying because his friend and close brother Lazarus was dead. Don't you think after he was raised again, if you died and you came back in, don't you think you would tell people about it? Absolutely. And so they couldn't go anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. And even when he got to the secluded places, he could draw a crowd of 5,000 plus men and women, and children. I mean, the guy was viral. The guy, everyone knew about Jesus and what he could do. I'm going to invite my friend Gabe up. I'm going I'm to wrap this up today, and I, I want to give you a couple things. If When you walked in today, you got a worship guide on the front of it said Hope Church on it. If you're a note taker, cool. If you're not, you can take out your iPhone and you can, and you can, uh, you, you can type some notes in. Um, and, and while you have your phone out, do me a favor I've got ADD, so I just throw things in there whenever I want to. But would you check it on Facebook? That's totally fine. And for every check that, that comes in, we're going we're gonna to give, we're going to donate a bottle of, uh, you're like, man, finish that statement. <laughs> we're going to donate a, a bottle of, of children's vitamins and, and adult uh, vitamins that are going to leave here in just a few weeks and go over to Nairobi, Kenya, to the second largest slum in all of Africa, Kalangari Slum. Uh, our, our t- some of these, uh, Derek that's up here today, he's the vice president for World Hope, and World Hope's one of our strategic partners, and it's, my family started this organization, it's one of the reasons why we're Hope Church, because we believe in spreading hope, not just in Winter Garden in Orlando, but all across the world, so for every check-in, we're going to, as a church, we're going to donate, and we're going to give them a bottle of those medical supplies to take over there, we're there, there's no, we can just go get multivitamins, and there's no, it just doesn't happen there. And a team of our church, uh, Brooke at the front door and Ron at the front door, and my, a handful of people will be heading to Kenya, and we'll tell you more about it in just a moment. Um, <clears throat> the verse in the, the Bible, the, there's one verse in here that I want to go back to before I give you the two things that I want you to write down. The Bible says in, um, if you're willing, verse 41, let me find it. I got to read it. Oh, verse 41. The Bible says three words. It was right there. This verse 41. The Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved 
with compassion. The biggest move ever made in the course of history. Are you ready for it? The longest move, the hardest move, the most important move ever made in history. It wasn't people going from, the, the, from, from Europe over to the New World. It wasn't people discovering different things. It wasn't, when people, we, it wasn't when we sent people into space, which I think is super, super cool. These guys are living up there for 100 plus days and they're doing all kinds of cities. Those weren't the biggest moves. We put man on the move. It wasn't the biggest move. The biggest move ever made, the longest move ever made, the hardest move ever made, the deadliest move ever made was when Jesus left heaven and he came to earth. That's the biggest move in the course of history. When Jesus left heaven, because he lived in heaven, and Jesus lives outside of time, but when he came inside time on this earth, that was the biggest move ever made in the course of history. Jesus left heaven and came down to earth. And and I wrote down a couple of things that I think it's important for you to get today. He did it for two reasons. Jesus moved from heaven to earth to meet you. You're like, yeah, you. Just point at yourself. Just poke yourself in the chest. It's more appropriate if you do it than the person next to you thought this through all the way. Jesus came to meet you. That's why he came to earth. Jesus came because he wanted to meet you. Like, would he do that for me? Absolutely. Wes, I'm more screwed up than anyone in this room. I get that position. You don't. You can be the second place. You can be a tie for first place, but the most screwed up, if you hang out with me long enough, you know me, this guy has issues. In our church, we say this every single, everyone has hurts, habits, and hangups. I was with Zach out there, and I, I was, and another guy, Gio, one of the, I was, I coached their kids, and I said something that I typically would say all the time and they were looking at me like, are pastors supposed to say that? You know, (laughs) this one does like, I'm human, I'm a sinner, but Jesus came to meet you. I'm gonna creep you out one step further. He knew you were coming. (laughs) And and for some of you guys that he's gonna meet you for the very first time in the seat you're sitting in. And I didn't finish the story earlier because I forgot what I was telling you, but here's what I meant to say earlier when I got on on that rant was that last night, Every single one of these chairs that you're sitting in, every single one, the ones that are empty, the ones that are going to be filled next week, were touched and prayed for. Have you ever had someone say to you, oh, I can't go to your church, the walls have fallen down? <laughs> we love when people like that come to our church. Because when they come, they realize the walls won't fall down. And then they realize, man, God loves me. In spite of all my stuff. Jesus came to meet you. He left heaven to meet you. Maggie took her 14-year-old middle school daughter to the airport this morning at 5 a.m. When she gets back, if she, if she got back at 5 a.m., she's not going to get back at 5 a.m. She's gonna, I, I love her, but I, I wouldn't go pick up Maggie's daughter. I wouldn't take Maggie's daughter at 5 a.m. I mean, I'm a nice guy. I, I, if she asked me to, if she couldn't do it, I would, but I'm glad she did it and not me. I don't want to be inconvenienced that much. But the Bible says that Jesus, he was moved with compassion and he left heaven and he came down to earth to meet you. And by the way, just give you a little freebie, heaven's perfect. Heaven is amazing. Another name for the word heaven is the word paradise. And we've hashtagged the phrase paradise as pimp. It's amazing there. It's incredible there. If you're a son or daughter of Jesus, you're going to love it. The Bible actually records this, that God's actually preparing a place. If you're a son of daughter of Jesus, he's actually preparing a place for you. The lot lines in heaven are so far away. There's not that annoying neighbor right next to you. He's not there. You know the one that drives on your grass? That hits your, well, he has a party and he, everyone runs over their sprinkler heads? Like, he's not there. I mean, he may be there, but he's not in your way. 
The lot lines are so right. It's so spread. Man, it's amazing in heaven. And Jesus left that to meet you. Would he do that? Absolutely. The Bible tells that he, he does that. He, the reason why he did it is because the second thing, Jesus moved from heaven to earth to love you. To love you. You know, I, I said this earlier, man, I, I love people. I like hanging out with people. I love it. I want everyone that comes to our church one time to stay forever. If we pack these chairs out and we add 50 more chairs and we get 250 people in this, in, 250 adults in this room, and, and if we do that, if, if God allows that to happen, we're going to go to two services. And once we go to two services in here, we're going to be looking for another location to do exactly what we do here somewhere else. Because we want people to meet Jesus. Because why wouldn't we want everyone to know that Jesus left heaven to earth, not only just to meet them, but to also love them. So I don't want to meet you. Man, when I first meet you, some of you guys are like, hey, what's up, man? I'm just like getting here for the real thing. And I'm hugging people. Or maybe the first time you try, I may shake your hand. And eventually I'll get to, we'll get to, to hug status. I'm an awkward hugger too. I'll just lock it in for four or five seconds. Just embrace it. Don't fight it. <laughs> but man, I don't, I don't want to just meet you. I don't want to hang out with you. I want to, I want to learn more about you. I want to love you more. That's what I want to do. Because Jesus wants us to do that. We didn't pray over these seats because it was a good idea. We want prayer these seats because we want people to know when they sit in that seat this week, today, they, we wanted them to sense that there was a God who wants to meet them and is going to love them. And, and by the way, in case you're wondering, you're like, oh, Jesus had to do that. He didn't have to. His dad told him to. He's like, all right, dad, I got it. I'm going to obey you, dad, and I'm going to go do it. He didn't have to die for you. He left heaven, came to earth, lived a life, sinless life. No sins, no, no accidentally saying something out on the soccer field, no slip-ups, no mess-ups, no immoral thoughts. He got mad, but the Bible says he never, he, he never got so angry to where it drove him to sin. It's okay to get angry, but it never drove him to sin. He never had road rage or chariot rage. Uh, he didn't have that. But he didn't do that so he could say, oh, cool, I met some cool people. I met some cool people. That was awesome. I met some cool people. That'd be a waste of his time. He came to meet some cool people, but he wanted to come and and, and lay down his life for those people. To change their life for all of eternity. Man, that's a big move. That's a big move. I don't want to get into all the complexities of it today, but the Bible actually says that there's there's actually three parts of God. And you're like, man, you should be talking about this. I'm going to. God, God sent his son. Like, God had to say bye to his son. Hey, son, you're going to be good. You're going to do a good job down there. Go get them. Crush the game. Make sure you get your squad together. You're going to need 12 guys, and those 12 guys are actually going to change the entire world. The reason why we're talking about Jesus today is because 12 guys hung around Jesus, and it went viral. That's why we're doing this, because someone paved the way. Go, hey, this is a big move, guys. This is a big move, son. I love you. Give me a hug, Dad. All right, cool. I'll see you later, Dad. Give him a kiss. Sorry, I'll see you later. You go down there, and you love those people the best you can, and you're going to lay your life down. I mean, because the Bible actually says this, that there's no greater love than a man that actually lays down his life for his kids or for his friends or for the people that are sitting in the white plastic chairs at Hope Church. There's not a greater love than that. Can I, can I interject something right here today? This is uh, important to me. I, I, woke up to a, I woke up to social media. Shocker, I'm on it all the time. And... Uh, 
and I started on, I started reading through and praying for Orlando. I'm asleep at 2 a.m. obviously. And I rolled out of that, clicked over into CNN and, or clicked, not CNN, I clicked over to the, um, I, I looked, went over to the internet and just searched in and I think CNN, USA Today and all those things came up. I'm not promoting anything, Fox, all them, whatever it was, they all came up. I clicked on one of them and I started reading and then I realized, man, this isn't just, I mean, this isn't just stories. This isn't just a story of a, of a, of a, of a tragedy happening in, in downtown where over 20 plus people have lost their lives already and the count's getting higher. But I realized man, if it was a mass shooting, that means SWAT went. And that means the off-duty officer that's typically here every other week, it, there's two, we have two um, guys that are usually out here every single week. Both of them are on SWAT. One's my brother-in-law and one's become our friend because he here keep, keeps us safe every single week. And I realized, well, they're there. And I realize uh, my friend DJ may be there. He's, he, he's not, but he, he may have to go in later. He, he's here. And my brother-in-law is that guy on SWAT. And I realize he may be there in, 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 in Fraga. Um, he's another one of our guys. He, he may be down there. Because it was an all call. Everyone went flying down there. So I text my brother-in-law. And then I text my sister-in-law. Is Chris okay? Everything's okay? And everything's fine? And do you want to know why that kind of stuff happens? You're like, man, this guy does have all the answers. I, I, I believe this today. I, I really believe this. I, you know, I'm not very smart. I'm not at all. But I, I believe the absence of love is hate. I don't know if that's the, I don't know if that's the perfect definition, but I think the absence of, of love is hate. That's, that's, what I, that's what I believe. And, you know, and, and every time something like that happens, you know what I automatically think? What if I, what if I, what if I've passed by that guy that walked in there with, with all that he had on it and, and, and took out that many people. What if I, what if I, what if I sat by him in class? And, and what if, what if he would have knew that there was a, there was a God who made a big move for him, who, made, who left from, who left heaven and came down to earth to them? What if that guy would have known that? I mean, you, you guys know this, I'm, I'm not very political, but I don't think the, um, I don't think the answer to the, the world is, 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 is politics. I, I I, I believe it's, it's Jesus. I believe that's the answer to the world is Jesus. So I thought to myself, what if I sat by that guy? What if, what if, the, what if I didn't sit by that guy? What if, what if someone would have introduced him to Jesus? What if he would have met someone who, who had Jesus all over him and introduced him to the love that, that, no, that no, one, no other kind of love would ever have? What if somebody would have been there saying, hey, I want to introduce you to my friend named Jesus? What if? So here's what I've dedicated to. This church is dedicated to. We're dedicating to filling chairs up so people can hear about Jesus. Like, man, I'm trying to figure out this whole deal. And, and listen, you're like, man, I'm here today. I don't know who Jesus is. That's fine. You can come hang out with us anyways. I sat with an atheist this week for an hour and a half at Starbucks. It was awesome. And I say to him, you know why you're asking all these questions? Smart, super smart. He's going to... This guy's got, he's already three years in school. He's got seven more years. Smart, smart kid. Logical as can be. Logical, I mean, just, he was asking me questions. I said, you know what, bro? I said, I don't even think you're an atheist. (laughs) That will tick off an atheist if you tell him that, by the way, in case you're wondering. It didn't tick him off because he's not an atheist. I don't think he's an atheist. That's what I just, so I said, I don't think you're an atheist. I said, man, you're, you're asking too many questions that you know the answer to. So you know what you're doing? <clears throat> you're refusing the truth that you already know. I said, it seems, I said, to me, it seems silly. I said, to you, it probably doesn't. 
but you already know the truth. You know all the things that I'm telling you. You already know them. You know God left heaven and came to earth. You know that. You grew up in church. You know that. You know he died on the cross. You know that he died on the cross. You know that. And then it gets tricky. Like, you just don't believe he rose again. Like, I'm like, you don't. I said, whether you believe or not, it doesn't matter because it, it happened. And that's where I have this conversation. God brought you here today. You think it was an accident that I was in a place that you were at and God said, and you said to me, hey, hey, are you the guy with the hope shirt? Are you the church guy? Can we get together and can we, can we talk? Do you think that's an accident? I said, absolutely not. God is doing something in your life. God's moving from the reality of God moving from, from heaven to earth and dying for you and loving you and caring for you. You're just fighting it, but it's seeping in more and more and more. More and more and more. Hey, um, I'm going to invite the band to come up. I was on vacation this week, and um, it was a blast. I work really, I believe this in here today. You ought to work hard. I hate, I hate, I don't like, I, I really, that's all I've ever known was to work hard. My parents instilled that in me. I, everything I've ever owned or ever bought, my parents made me work for. You want that new baseball bat, son? Get on the work truck. You want a new basketball shoes, whatever it was? I could get almost anything I've ever wanted, but I had to work for it. So I believe in playing hard too, though. I think you got to work hard. I think you got to play hard. And some of you guys are overworked. You're tired. I'm not saying you look bad. I'm just saying you're tired. You know you, you work, you're a workaholic. And that's a whole other kind of sin issue. Like, just being a workaholic, listen, you're going to work hard. You can get everything you want. And you get to the very end, you realize, man, I did all that. And the only thing you're going to wish when you get older, because I've sat with people that are on their deathbed, you know what they wish? They wish they would spend more time with their family. So you can grind, 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 grind all you want. And, and here's the crazy thing. You're like, oh, I'm providing for my family. You know what they really want probably from you? Is to spend more time with you. And I, again, I, I'm not down you working hard. You think you ought to work hard. And I, and I, I want to work hard. I'm the first guy here. I'm the last guy here. I, I stay up late. I wake up early thinking about how to connect more people to Jesus. I did more trips to Sam week than I wanted to. I'm a bad planner. That's why I did that many trips. My son said to me, hey, Dad, there's a lazy river. Come get in with me, Dad. And I'm like, oh, goodness. Have you noticed this? The older you get, the harder it is for you to get into cold water. You with me? You're like, you know, or you're like, you know, and my mother-in-law, she's here today. She's quitting. She's just like, I'm just going to submerge myself. But I feel like when you're a little kid, you're like, cannonball. It's hard to do in skinny pants, but you're just like, cannonball and splash. But the older you get, you're like, oh, man. And you're thinking, man, I love my kids, but I don't love this water. You know, you're thinking that. Somebody says, Dad, you just got to get in, Dad. It's going to be so much fun, Dad. I'm like, it's not going to be fun. I'm going to be getting wet. It's going to be cold. There's about, other, about 20 other little preschool kids in there that are peeing in this water. I don't want to get in this water. He's like, Dad, you got to jump in, Dad. Just get in, Dad. Come on, Dad, get in. And I'm like, go ask your grandpa. Go ask Pop. Like, let him pull him in. He has to love you. I don't have to. You know, you're my kid, you know. But he's like, get in, Dad. You just got to get in. He said, when you get in, Dad, it's going to take you around. And I'm like, oh, thanks for explaining to me, you know. Even my kids know that I'm not smart. And so he's like, you're going to get into that. You just, it's just going to take you around and around that. You're going to love it. And, and I came here today to let you know this. Some of you guys are looking at this whole Jesus thing, and you're sitting here saying, oh, man, I don't really know. I don't really know if I can, Wes. I don't, I, I know a lot. I just don't really know, Wes. I don't, why is he yelling? I don't know. Why is he, Wes, I don't know. But can I tell you this much? I got in. And can I tell you what? It was a lot of fun. Well, no, why it was fun? Not because I was wet, because I'm watching my kids' face. 
and I can see the scar on his lip, the scar across his nose, and I, and I see a big old smile. And I loved every moment of it because he was having a blast. And we got around the edge, he stopped and said, Dad, can we stop right here, Dad? I'm like, cool, let's stop right here. He goes, there's a water slide. You're going to love that too. <laughs> like, son, I'm too old for water slides. Can I tell you this about Jesus? Because maybe you've been in church a long time and you're like, you know what, I don't even know if I believe in all this stuff. Can I tell you this? I just got to just jump in. Hey, you know what? You're going to love it. Hey, and by the way, you're going to get halfway through and God's going to say, watch this. He's going to say, hey, there's a water slide. You want to go up there. And it's, you're going to love it. It's going to change your marriage forever. You're going to love it. It's going to change the way you do life. You're going to love it. It's going to change your financial structure. You're going to love it. It's going to change the way you love your kids. You're going to love it, Wes. You're going to love it, Wes. You, Wes, you, let's get, get up there. You're going to love it. And so can I ask you today, would you just jump in? Don't jump into church. It'll let you down. We're not trying to build a church. We're trying to connect people to Jesus. Would you jump into this thing that Jesus calls the big move and let him change your life forever? I'm going to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.